on, come on, let's give our God some praise. Come on. Ah, uh, we give you praise, Jesus. We worship you today. We thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to be in your presence like this. We just love you today. Thank you for these incredible people who've come to your house today. And I pray that you will minister to everybody just right where they're at. Some people are really blessed today and they're really encouraged. And I pray that they'll leave even more encouraged. But then there's going to be some people here today who are just maybe feeling a little discouraged at the moment, battling through all kinds of stuff. And I just pray that you would just say even a sentence today, even a, even a word that would just minister right into the heart of that situation so that they'll leave this place knowing they've had a word from heaven. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody says, hey, it's great to have you with us today. Honestly, uh, we had a great 9.30 service this morning, lots of people in the 9.30, and it's great to have you in as well at the 11 a.m. Hello to everybody watching online. Um, hello to my wife and daughter who are backsliding, no, uh, who are, uh, who, little girlie's not too well, so we're just keeping her in today, but I uh, hope you're all well, and she watches and just waits for me to sort of speak, you know, but, um, and, then, and then turns over to Peppa Pig afterwards, you know, but it's great to have you with us today, and uh, if you're here for the first time, warm welcome to you, hello to everybody watching in Nottingham, and uh, Lester, of course, as well, and, uh, Anybody who's in Loughborough who's watching online today, you're watching from, what, Bedside Cathedral? Or wherever you're watching from, I hope you enjoy the service. Uh, just before we take our seats, I just want to show you something. You'll, you can stay standing just for a few moments uh, extra. Uh, I want you to join us Tuesday night on the YouTube. Anybody here on the YouTube? <laughs> um, so Tuesday night, 8 p.m. And uh, this, we're, the Toddcast is back. Not the podcast, the Toddcast, you see. And uh, we're talking about a really important subject that we have had a conversa many conversations about here at the Junction Church, but we want to air this on Tuesday night. It's about God and race. And this is a big subject for us in the life of our church. And what I'd like you to do um, is take a look at the screen. I'm going to show you a little extract of that conversation, and then I'll come and have a chat with you. Just take a look at the screen. Take a look at this. Do you feel optimistic or pessimistic about the future as long as there's sin racism will always exist but that doesn't mean i'm not hopeful for um hearts to change you know the whole thing of we only love because he first loved us mm -hmm. well we need to be the example of that there's a generation that is like is seeking yes. for a definite definite change yeah. there's a generation that are are done with just talking about it done with just false promises and are actually wanting to see yeah. something come of it it's not going to be eradicated we've there's been a voice given for this conversation. I think there's a lot of really strong Christians who are there to guide the way in this conversation. Am I optimistic, pessimistic about the future? To to a certain degree, that doesn't matter to me because that's like the um, that's almost macro. On a micro scale, I'm thinking about individuals. That's where I can really feel. That's where I can actually impact something. Oh, really important. That's like a minute of this and honestly I'm, I'm totally biased because I was there I got to witness it I think this is one of the greatest conversations I've ever heard so I want you to join us Tuesday night on the YouTube turn to your neighbor and say on the YouTube <laughs> 
Some of you are just reluctant. It just doesn't do your street cred any good. Just say it's on the YouTube, whatever that is, you know. Um, so it's on uh, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Really important conversation, and we want you to be part of that. And it's, for us, this is a big deal in the life of our church. Great. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready for the word? Okay, you can take your seat. Wonderful to have you with us today. Absolutely wonderful. I'm going to bring you some teaching this morning. The title of my message is called, You've Got This. You've Got This. And we've been dipping into the book of Colossians of late. We heard some great ministry from Pastor Fraser Botham last uh, Sunday. And then the week before, we heard from Angie Copo, our TRG leader. And they've been bringing some wonderful thoughts out of Colossians. So they thought they'd wheel the old boy in this week and, you know, kind of, you know, take me off the drip for half an hour. And, um, you know, and I can bring you a little bit of teaching today. So here we go. Uh, and I'm just going to read the verses, some verses from the Bible. This is just tremendous. This is tremendous. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 10. Those are the verses we're going to focus on. Just for a moment or two, look at what it says. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Here we go. Verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive on the YouTube or on the blogs or on the Spotify. I'm, try I'm trying to be hip and cool. It just doesn't work, does it? We'll, we'll stick to the NIV. Through, see that nobody takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Why would you do that? Look at verse 9. He says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Why would you want junk? Why would you ever settle for such junk when you can have the best of the best of the best of the best? I'm going to keep saying this until you get it. Of the best of the best. And what's the best? His name is Jesus Christ. And look at this, and verse 10, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. And he is the head over every power and authority. These are powerful verses. I wonder, have you ever felt inadequate in your life? Have you ever felt uh, imposter syndrome? You think, I shouldn't be here. I'm not even qualified to be here. I think this every day in the ministry. I'm pretty sure everybody's felt inadequate at some point in your life, but there's a message that Paul is trying to get across to us here in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 10, and the message is very simply this, to all of God's people, you've got this. You've got this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got this. Come on, let's have some interaction here today. You totally have. You may not feel like you've got this, but you do. You may not feel like you've got everything you need to live a successful life, but you do. You may not feel like you've got more than enough to thrive in life, but you do. You may not feel like you're always on the winning side, but I am telling you from the Word of God, you are on the winning side. You've got this. Listen. 
Listen to the words of Paul, Colossians 2 verse 10, and let these words speak right into your spirit. He says, in Christ, he's the head over everything, every power, every, author uh, every authority. He is Elohim. He's Almighty God. He's the rest of the words of that song. He says, and in Christ, you, this is the word, this is the Bible, you have been brought to fullness. What a statement. What a statement. In other words, God's with you. In other words, God is in you. In other words, he's telling us that God is for you. You have access to everything that God offers you. He has held nothing back from you. So if you're living in lack, if you're living in mediocrity, if you're living below power, that's not God's deal. That's your deal. That's what you've settled for in your life. If you're listening to blogs that just feed your fear, if you're watching stuff on online, on the YouTube, on, I don't even know where else you watch stuff, but if you're watching stuff that's feeding your fears, that's your deal. That's what you've settled for. But I'm not going to settle for that. I'm not living there. I'm going to live where God wants me to live because God's got this. I've got this. I've got Jesus in my heart. Why would I want that when I can have that? Why would you want that when you can have that? And this is what Paul is trying to teach the Christians at Colossae. The verses that I read, there's a context, of course, to everything. And understanding context, when you read the Bible, brings out the richness of Scripture as well. Don't take a verse or two and quote it and just be blessed. Really get into the, studying the Bible. And what you find out when you read the book of Colossians is that essentially there were numbers of people that were trying to take advantage of the already massive insecurity that the church had already felt. We're dealing with a church that felt insecure and inadequate. So what happens? People come and they try to take advantage of that. And you've got a number of groups of people, two main groups. The Judaizers came in. And the Judaizers wanted to take the Christians and make it all about law, law, law. If you obey all these laws, then you can earn points with God. And they totally missed the point of grace. And there's still religion lurking around today. You do know that, don't you? How do you know? You can tell its presence because when somebody talks about grace, religion, religion reacts. So, so if you find yourself, somebody talks about grace and people even say things like, oh, I don't like all this cheap grace. I don't even know what people mean by that, cheap grace. Grace is the most expensive free gift you'll ever get in your life. So if you hear Christians saying, yeah, but you've got to do a little bit of you know, stuff for God, you know that immediately if you've got to do anything, that's religion. That's religion, because religion thinks you've got to earn points with God. And actually, the point of the gospel is that you can't make God love you any more than what he already does. His love is huge and massive, and all you can do is receive it. Can't earn it. Uh -uh. But the Judaizers wanted to bring them back into legalism. And then you had the Gnostics. That was the second group. Tried to take advantage of the insecurities and the, the inadequacies of the Christians at Colossae. Uh, and they wanted to teach like the secret knowledge. If you come, I've got secret, I've got revelations. Hey, listen, look, look at me. I can say these things because I'm getting old. And the older I get, the more I'm saying stuff that I would not have said 10 years ago. Why? Because I don't care. <laughs> You be careful if any preacher who has such deep revelations that it makes you feel superior to other Christians. You hear me? So you're watching stuff on YouTube and you think, I've got the knowledge. It's called Gnosticism. It's not called revelation from the Holy Spirit. It's called Gnosticism. You feel better. I feel like I've got the revelation. And then they walk around. I cast out the demons. You couldn't, you couldn't cast out a demon if you tried. You've never even seen a demon. I have. 
Believe me, it's not a pretty sight. But no, no, no. This is what the, the Gnostics tried to do. They tried to bring them into secret knowledge. This is the way. And they tried to feed the insecurities of the Christians. At Col- and Paul's having none of it. I love the apostle Paul. I love him. I love him. Because he's just, he doesn't suffer fools gladly. Paul was, was a brutal pastor. So I take, you know, I take lead from Paul. He's having none of it. He understands how insecure the Christians are feeling. But he urges them not to get caught up in religiosity. And he urges them not to go along with the secret knowledge. He's reminding them, folks, you've already got this. Why? Because you've got God. You've got God dwelling within you. Colossians 2.10, look at it again. If you can show up the verse. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. It's not you might be brought to fullness. It's not if you're a good boy and a good girl, you do good things, then you'll be brought to fullness. No, 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 no. It's already happened. Now you just got to live in it. You have been brought to fullness. And by the way, let me tell you about Jesus. He says he is the head over every power and authority. It doesn't get any better than Jesus. He's trying to teach us that you can't earn God's love. You can't work for God's approval. You can't score points with God by being more outwardly religious. You think that somehow God is impressed with that? He really is not. It's a hard thing for God. This whole thing's a hard thing. And that's why I think that God even likes it, you know, when we come together in a, on a Sunday morning and here we are in this imperfect auditorium. If I had my way, it would look a bit different to this and there would be no darn, what's a pipe organ doing down the back? I think that every time I walk into this room, I think, do they even use that thing? But, but here we are in the imperfection of this context and, and in a way, I think God really loves it because he says, if you can't worship me here, you'll never worship me anywhere. So I want you to worship me from your heart. I don't want it to be a ritualistic or legalistic or superior experience because you've got greater revelations. But this is a hard thing. You overflow with thankfulness because you understand the power that dwells within you. His name is Jesus. You've got this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got this. Come on, let's do it. You've got this. So Paul says to the Christians at Colossae, Colossians 2, uh, verse 7, he encourages them, and I want you to notice the terminology here, he he encourages them to be rooted in Christ. Rooted in Christ. He uses a gardening analogy to explain how we can best live as Christians. The only way that a tree can remain strong is, even during the seasonal storms of life, is when that tree is firmly planted in the soil. And the same is true of your life. That's how Christians should be. The only way that you're going to stay strong during the storm is not trying to be strong in your own strength, but it's by rooting your life in the one who is strong, and his name is Jesus Christ. Here at the Junction Church, we love the language of being rooted and being planted. We love the language. But being rooted is not just a little private thing. I'm privately rooted in Christ. I do my own thing. I have my own little experiences in the presence of God. It's like, actually, and some of you have heard this a billion times before, but it is worth repeating. Our conviction here at the Junction Church is that faith is not private. Personal, yeah, but not private. In church, we believe in doing life together. There's something that happens when we meet together 
in any context, whether it's like this or whether it's in a life group, and somehow being together with people who build your faith and stir your faith and challenge the way you live and say some things even that you might not like every now and then, but they challenge you. It does something wonderful for your faith. What does it do? It helps you to be even more firmly rooted in Jesus. That's why we teach about the importance of it being planted in the house. Uh, in my experience, and I've been in ministry for about the last 350 years... So I have a little bit of experience to go by here, but in my experience, Christians who simply have a private faith, they're weak, and they don't stand the test of time. Whereas Christians who are rooted in Jesus and planted in the house, they're the ones who stand the test of time. So the storms of life come, tough times happen, we, we, go, we go into seasons of doubt, we go into seasons where we just don't get what God's up to. Has anybody here ever been through a season like that? And you wonder, Lord, what are you doing? I have had so many experiences like that in my life. As a pastor, I wish I could solve everybody's problems. I, I've stopped trying to do that a long time ago because I just make things worse. I don't make things better. And yet in my doubts, in my questions, I must not allow myself to get into a place of unbelief. So I stay rooted in Jesus. And how do, how do I stay rooted in Jesus? I stay planted in his house. I stay planted in the house of the Lord. And I understand that those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I want to encourage everybody, seriously, folks, let's be committed to being planted and rooted. Let's not be shallow Christians. I don't think that shallow Christianity is going to do the business as we move forward. After the season that we've just been through, the whole COVID thing, whatever that was all about, and church not meeting, and church meeting, and then church not meeting again, and then masks, and then all the stuff that's going on in the world. I think what we're, what we're entering into is a season of turbulence in our world. And if anybody has an ear to hear what the Lord is trying to say, then may you hear it. So we're entering into a season, of a stormy season. The economy is going to be in a, going through a stormy time. World events are going to go through a stormy time. It doesn't take a rocket science to work out. History, look at the lessons that history teaches us. And so my encouragement for all of us, can we do stuff about the world? Not, no, no. Can we do stuff about the economy? No, not even a, economy students, no. But what we can do is make sure that you and I are firmly rooted in Jesus. So that when those storms come, and it's not if those storms come, it's when those storms come, we're going to stand not in pride, not in self-sufficiency, but rooting our expectations in Jesus, who is the authority over all authorities, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one who makes sense of everything. And I want to encourage you, don't uproot. Don't uproot. How do you uproot? You uproot when you get distracted. That's why he tells us, here to be rooted in Jesus. He's talking to the Christians at, Cor at, at, at Colossae and he's saying, you guys are getting really distracted. You already feel inadequate. You've already got some insecurities going on. What was that about? Probably circumstances, persecutions, stuff going on. And then you've got people who will always come and take advantage of that insecurity. And Paul is saying, but don't get distracted by that stuff. Stay rooted in Jesus. Don't uproot. Be careful who's speaking into your life. Verse 8, we might as well take a look at it. Look at, it, look at what he says. See to it, and I want you to get the strength of these verses. See to it that no one takes you captive 
through hollow and deceptive philosophy. See to it. The idea of seeing to it means you be totally intentional about this. Everything that people say, check it according to the Bible. That's why the Bible really matters. Even in 2021, going into 2022, the Bible is more up-to-date than tomorrow's newspaper. It's so relevant for your life. It's God's heart revealed to us. It has stood the test of time. And its truth is everlasting truth. God's heart is revealed through his word. And Paul is saying, listen, stick, stick to that. Don't, don't be distracted. See to it that nobody takes you captive. You think it's setting you, th- you free. He says, but actually that stuff is just making you a prisoner. And then you gotta have, it's like a drug. I've got to have more of this philosophy. And I've got to know more. Uh, or, or, or Gnosticism. I've got to know more. And when I know a little more, then I'll know more. And I'll know more. And actually, the challenge is it doesn't address the real issues in life, which is that there are some questions we'll never have answers to. There are some things that have happened in, even in my own life and in the lives of many people that we will never have answers to here on the earth. So my faith is a decision, not based on whether I know the answer to that issue or not, but it's based on an absolute conviction that I think Jesus is totally worth trusting through every storm and every question and every doubt and every fear. I think he's totally worth trusting. So don't get distracted in the storm. Don't uproot. The problem is if you uproot, you'll never grow. It's like a tree. A tree can only grow if it's planted in the ground, and that's a gritty process. It's, it involves soil. This is not glam. A bit like church. Church, you know, it's, it's not always glam. Like, it's a soily process. Like, we all love each other on a Sunday, but we can wind each other up at times as well. That's why it's always good to have a few new faces coming into church all the time. I would, be hate, I would hate to be one of those pastors that's just talking to the same people every week. It would do my head in to no end. It's nice to see. I just, for that reason alone, just keeps us, you know, sane. But it's like sometimes church life can be challenging. What's church going to do? It's going to challenge your ego. And, we're going to, and I'm not going to back off from that. Anybody who makes the junction church the family, I'm not going to back off on challenging you to serve in God's house. I'm not going to back off. Everybody loves the idea of serving. Everybody loves the idea of a good sermon on serving. Everybody loves the idea of serving until you've got to serve somebody. Until you've got to clean the toilets. One, one guy came to me in the early days of the Junction Church. He says, I want to serve. But then he put a whole bunch of conditions. Don't want any menial, menial tasks. I said, well, I think you've missed the point of serve. Everything is servant. Standing up here preaching, this is, I, I, I could live very happily never standing on a stage and preaching again. I, believe me, if I had my way, I'd be doing what that guy's doing right there. Do you want to change places right now? I'd do that very happily. I studied music. It, it appeals to my introverted nature. My ideal life would be sitting behind a piano, producing music for movies, for weddings, for funerals, for whatever, for good days and bad days or whatever. I, that's my perfect life. So for me to stand up here, it's just a way of serving God. I could live very happily without it. And I think that's the heart that God wants all of his people to catch. We are here to serve. That's what it means to be planted. That's the grit. Not just attending a service every now and then and thinking that you're doing God some kind of favor by showing up. No, he wants you to be planted in the house. 
and those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they are the ones, the Bible tells us, they are the ones who will flourish in the courts of our God. I loved it. I love it. I love, I love pushing people and taking them out of their comfort. I better qualify that. I love pushing people out of their comfort zone. <laughs> Sometimes I say things and then forget to... The, the end. I love pushing people, you know. They're great. But I, I love it. I honestly, I love it. I love, I love like giving people opportunities to just do stuff. Good to have Tim and Jen up here this morning sharing. Good to have Josie and Lalu up here on this stage today. But you know what I love about these folks? They don't live for the stage. They're just serving in God's house. This is just another way of serving. It's called being planted in the house. It's called being rooted in Jesus. I'm not blown with the wind. No, my expectation is rooted in Jesus. 100%. No human being deserves 100% of my expectation because every human being has the capacity to let me down. How do I know that? Because I'm a human being. I get it. I, even this thick Irish guy gets it. I am the world heavyweight champion of letting people down of disappointing people. I'm the guy, you know, who says, oh, come on, let's meet up for coffee, and then totally forget about it the next week. So we all have the capacity to let each other down, and that's why even in church life, our expectations are not in each other, but we are rooted in Christ. And then when we do mess it up, we just forgive each other anyway, and we have a laugh. Are you with me? So Paul is encouraging us to root our expectations in Jesus. I want to speak over your life, and I'm bringing this message to an end, but I want to encourage you. Whatever season of your life you're going through, I have a word from God for you today. And here it is. In times of discouragement, dig deep. Dig deep. In times of doubt, dig deep. In times of disappointment, dig deep. In times of despair, dig deep. In times of distraction, stop running here and there and everywhere to try to find an answer like the Gnostics and like the Judaizers were trying to do here at the church at Colossia. Colossa, come over here. And they were saying, come over here. We'll give you knowledge. Come over here. We'll give you religion. Paul says, dig deep deep, dig deeper into Jesus. Don't have a shallow faith. Have a deep faith rooted in Christ, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. The answer is never to uproot. It's never the answer. The answer is always to dig deep. Root your security in Jesus. What is our security? We are loved. What is our security? Listen, I don't have all the answers to all the questions I've got but I know I'm valuable to God. What's my security? I have meaning in my life. I've got a purpose. You know, like, uh, I, I'm a musician. I love music, and I produce music, and I love it. And I was invited to go and do something in Egypt. Egypt. And the guy said, we'll fly you out. I said, first class? Oh, of course. And, uh, I had to play for one hour, for one hour, pay me for it, and uh, put me up, I'm going to have a holiday. But I couldn't, because I was speaking at some little meeting. 
And my carnal side said, these flipping Christians getting in my way. I could be living the dream in Egypt. And then I realized, no, 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 no. I'm living for a cause that's bigger than myself. I'm the happiest guy on the planet because I love seeing what God's doing. Because we were here at the start of this church and I could tell you the stories of what happened in 2012 when we pioneered the Junction Church and how year one nearly broke me. And we had a congregation and some of you were there. We had less than 15 people in that church in that first year. Week after week after week, preaching my best. And the next week, even fewer people would show up. But we just kept being planted in the house and serving and serving and serving. And I felt that the Lord said to me, listen, what are you trying to do? Build a big church? I'm not called you to do that. I want you to grow big people. Suddenly I put some perspective on life. And so that's what we chose to do. We thought, right, Lord, if it's my destiny to be a pastor of a little tiny church of 20 people, then I'm going to grow those 20 people to be giants of the faith. And so that's what we did for the last eight, nine years. We've just spent our time building and growing and creating an environment where giants can emerge. And you get the Fraser Bothams. And you get the Pastor Jonas. I'm going to mention lots of names. I could. And you get the Amy Chanders. And you get the amazing people who are the backbone of this church today. All because they came into an environment where they could grow. And the, and the Lord has blessed our church. And here we are in Loughborough. And uh, they'll have a good congregation down in Leicester this morning. I think I heard Leicester cheering from here, actually. And then tonight we're going to go up to Arnold in Nottingham. And we've got Swanee preaching tonight. He was the local gangster here in Loughborough. And when he got saved, the neighborhood took notice. He's going to tell a story tonight up in Arnold. And that place, we're going to break every rule, break the rules tonight because we're going to pack that place out so much. Honestly, there'll be, there'll be arms and legs hanging out the building tonight. There'll be so many people in. Well, it'll just be me. And I'm believing that we're going to see a whole bunch of salvations. But it had to start. Back in the days when little or nothing was happening, and we just stayed planted and rooted and planted and rooted, and people would come and people would go, but my expectations weren't in them. My expectations were in Jesus. Planted and rooted, boring and boring. You've got to do boring really well. If you're going to do boring, do it with a bit of class. Oh, yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to do boring, do it with a bit of class and a bit of dignity. Don't complain and moan and groan, Lord, I hope you're noticing me in this soil. You put a bit of soil in your head and, you know, Lord, look at me. No, just do it, Lord. I thank you for this. I love you, Jesus. I love you. Planted and rooted and planted and rooted. They shall flourish in the courts of our God. He says, verse, can you put those verses up just one final time and then I'm done. He says, for in Christ, why would you ever want anything else? For in Christ... All the fullness of the deity, that's the triune Godhead, that's Elohim, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, but one God in three persons. The deity, that's who Jesus is, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He's the head over every power and every authority. Forgive me for getting a bit excited here this morning. But I can't, I can't stand up here and like go, and he wants to bring us to fullness. 
To God be the glory. I, 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 can't, I can't do that. I tried once and it didn't work. You won't do that. You go to the Anglican. They'll give you that. And, and they do it with great sincerity and I love it. But it's just, it's not me. Sorry, but you're burdened with this Irish pastor and it's from the heart. And, and I want to encourage you and stir your faith today. Stir up a generation. Don't accept mediocrity. Choose your level and set the bar high and live your life for Jesus Christ. Could you say amen to this today? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on. Let's say... Uh, Come on, let's close our eyes just for a moment. Let's just settle ourselves just for a little moment. We're going to pray, and then we're going to worship a little more in just a moment. Thank you for being so gracious today to listen to the Word. Your heart is brilliant. You've listened. You've received. And I'm going to give a little moment just for some folks to respond to the Word. There are some folks here today, and you know what? You don't really know Jesus. Sure, you pray every now and then, and that's fantastic, but you can't honestly tell me that you know Jesus. But today, I want to give you an opportunity to open your heart and to receive him into your life, to receive his forgiveness, to receive his grace, and to receive his love. And here's what's going to happen. I'm going to count to three in a few moments. And when I get to that number three, those who are saying, you know what, Pastor Roy, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And I'm going to pray a prayer at the end. And I'd love to include you in a very simple prayer that I'm going to pray. So when I get to the number three, those who are saying, you know what, Pastor Roy, you see when you pray the prayer, I'd love you to include me in it. I'd love to be included in that prayer. Well, as soon as I get to three, I'm going to ask you to do something so simple and yet so important, which is to raise your hand up in the air, take it down. I'll see it, but the most important thing is that God will see it. That really is the most important thing. And then I'm going to pray. I'd love to include you in a prayer. I promise you I'm not going to bring anybody out to the front. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to point anybody out. This is a moment between you and God, but yet in this moment... It's like God has created this moment for you to encounter him afresh in your life. So I'm going to count to three. As soon as I get to three, those who are saying, you know what, Pastor Roy, when you pray that prayer in a few moments, will you please include me in it? Because I want to open my heart today. I want to receive Jesus into my life. I want to receive his love. I want to receive his forgiveness. I want God in my life. Then as soon as I get to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Take it down. I'll see it. God will see it. Then I'll pray and I'll make sure that you're included in a really simple prayer that I'm going to pray. Here we go. Are you ready? One, two, three. Put your hand high in the air. There's one, two, three, four, five. Take your hands down. That is absolutely wonderful. Isn't that fantastic? Now here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray. And this prayer is especially for those at least five folks who raised their hands, but I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer. So I'm going to say a line. I'm going to leave a space. And those five folks who raised their hands, I want you to say this prayer. Repeat each line, but don't just do it like as a routine. Do it from your heart. Pray it from your heart. Say these words after me, everybody, but especially those who raised their hands. Say these words. Thank you, Father for sending Jesus 
Thank you that he died on the cross. That he rose again from the dead. And that he did it all for me. And today I open the doors of my heart. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. And from this day on, I will serve you. And I will follow you. And all I ask is that you help me to follow you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Is anybody happy about this today? Would you all like to stand to your feet? Come on, let's all stand to our feet. If you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer at the end of the service, we've got a little pack. It says, I said yes on it. And there's a little uh, bunch of information in there that will really help you to live out your faith. I think there's a little Why Jesus book in there and stuff like that. It'll just really help you to grow in your faith. So if you're one of the people that raised your hand, and you know what? Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you prayed the prayer, make sure that you take one of these afterwards. Thank you very much, uh, Amy. Um, we're going to worship Jesus. Does anybody love Jesus in this place today? I've got to talk from my heart. I I've just got to, I've got to do it because I love Jesus. When people say to me, what do you do? I say, I serve Jesus. I love him. I love him. He's caught my heart. I'm mesmerized by him. When I read the Bible, I'm not reading it just to increase my head knowledge. I'm reading it because I'm just mesmerized by his brilliance, by his might. That's why these verses in Colossians, they just get to the heart. He's everything. He's God. And what makes it so meaningful is the fact that he loves us. He loves you. He loves me. So when I worship him, I'm not worshiping him so that he can notice my praise and hopefully, you know, accept it. But I worship him because it comes from the heart. I'm just saying, Lord, I love you. And I'm very happy to add my voice to all the voices that are going on here today. I want you to know I love you with all my heart. Thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming and dying for me. That's the kind of passion that God's looking for in a generation. Would you close your eyes? And I'm going to pray over you, and then we're going to sing that song, Elohim, again. And when we do sing it, I want you to give it your everything. Lord, I pray for everybody who's had an ear to hear your word today. We pray that you will cause us to serve you like never before. May each of our lives be rooted in Christ, planted in the house. I pray that we will flourish in the courts of our God. Lord, we love you today. We praise you. If you feel comfortable, why don't you raise your hands in the air and just begin to speak out your praise where you are right now and just say, Jesus, I love you. Come on, don't be afraid to do that. And some of you guys, you got to start talking the love language of the scriptures. Come on, Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. There's no one like you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we give you all the praise and all the thanks and all the worship and all the adoration because you and you alone are totally worthy of it. May we known as people as may we be known as people who bring glory to the name of Christ in this church. May we be a Jesus exalting house. May everything that we do 
bring glory and honor to the name of our God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the thanks. We give you all the honor. Come on, let's give our God a hand clap of praise.